Oh my god, Jane, there is a squirrel sitting on the fire. <gasps> like, sitting as if it's like, it's sitting down, like, almost like it's gonna sit crisscross applesauce. Its tail is falling through the fire. <laughs> oh my god, hold on, I'm taking a video. I'm gonna Snapchat it to you right now. This is insane. What is happening? <laughs> I can't get my kids to sit crisscross applesauce, but this squirrel's about to. Well, his tail is hanging through the grate. I literally can't. Oh my god. He's eating. He's having a snack. <gasps> oh my goodness, he's right there. I just realized we didn't do our intro. <laughs> Welcome back. Ooh, to- Welcome. Yeah. Come back to You Know What I've Been Wondering. I'm Sarah. I'm Jane. And here we are via Skype. Maine to New York. Here we here it goes. Aw. The, na- the name of the like romance novel written about us. Maine to New York. Maine to New York. Wow. Or the rom-com maybe. The rom-com. Yeah, yeah, yeah sultry i like it jade how are you i'm good i'm tired i just woke up um i also stayed up later than i should have watching stranger things um oh i haven't watched any of it yet i haven't watched a single thing and i keep getting roasted for that but it's like i i want to watch it it's not that i don't want to watch it yeah but i know that i'm i'm gonna need to be able to watch it in one sitting like I feel you. But I just haven't had that time yet because otherwise I'm just gonna be so preoccupied with thinking about it if I try to walk away from it. And then the other thing is is if I storm through it, the other problem is if I storm through it right now, I'm not gonna have any more of it for like what, two more years? Oh yeah. That's it's I'm been trying two to two years. It's October twenty seventeen. It yeah. It's been a year and six months. Yeah. Over six months. Here in like yeah nine months it's been a long time so yeah i was i was gonna start it today but i'm seeing spider-man later today now which is totally fine because i haven't seen it yet and i'm very mm-hmm. excited i was trying to explain last night because my brother and i were talking about marvel universe and again i've seen um i watched season one of jessica jones i so watched good. um one time i watched doctor strange on netflix just because i needed something to watch and i've s- watched half of the first thor and i fell asleep um <laughs> in, in college like one night that it was like late so again I've, i know next to nothing but the marvel universe but my brother was like complaining about it and he was like they're all just ridiculous it's all about fascism and and all the superheroes are like about cops with powers um like people who like get powers and decide they have to use it to help the government or, or something i don't know his 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 argument was a bit over my head but here i was like trying to be like okay well but i have so many friends who like them and and i can i see it from a storytelling aspect that, that you want to know what happens next because because lots of crazy things happen <laughs> it's true you're very <laughs> right like rolling his eyes at me i'm like i, I don't know how to explain it it's just a good time. Like when it, some yeah. movies, you can't go in looking t- for some deeper meaning. Like I, I do think that I've gotten a lot out of the Marvel movies, 
but you definitely can't go in looking for this crazy deeper meaning, you know, like it's not about the deeper meaning. It's about like watching people fight <laughs> and it being it looking really cool, you know, like Black Panther was a major, a major thing, you know, mm-hmm. like Black Panther had a lot of cultural importance and social political importance for sure. But like. Thor and Iron Man like you don't go into it being like I wonder what I'm gonna learn you know like, mm-hmm. it's just like I'm just gonna have a good time how are you I'm okay I like I can't believe that it's only been a week since I saw you because this has been the longest week of my life wow I just like someone asked me yesterday so I was talking about my tattoo yesterday and I was like oh yeah I got it a week and a half ago that was a week and a half ago i was like i feel like it has been eons plus i was like really really busy fourth of july i did literally nothing i I didn't do literally nothing like i went out and i worked out and i you know had dinner and everything but like other than that it wasn't busy but this weekend like friday night i went to a mets phillies game with sam which was hilarious because sam is a huge mets fan and i'm a phillies fan yeah and it was at the Mets stadium. So it's like anytime the Phillies did anything, the Phillies won. Um, anytime the Phillies did anything, everyone would just go, boo. And I would be there like, yay. <laughs> I did see, I walked in not wearing my Phillies jersey, but I wore, I saw other people wearing Phillies stuff. So I gained confidence and I did put on my jersey. Um, and Sam and I sat together. And it was like really fun, but it was very funny. And then yesterday, Sam and I got up and we went to Coney Island. We spent all day on Coney Island. And then the one ride that I was like, I want to go on this ride because it is hot was the log flume. And the first time we tried to go on the log flume and it started to rain. So they're like, we're pausing for rain. And the second time we approached, they were evacuating the ride because there was something wrong with it. So we did not go on the log flume. Oh my goodness. Why would they have to stop the log flume if it was raining? You'd think if any ride was waterproof. It's thunder. Well, there's still like the mechanics of it. That's true. I guess like the mechanics are already. Wa- I don't know. I don't know why they were like we're possibly. Maybe I guess I, it's, just. I lightning. assume that it had to do with the fact that it just started raining. But yeah. you literally never know. That's fair. That's a good point. I didn't think about that. But I did. I made Sam. So there was one of those games where you shoot water in like mm-hmm. a target and you try to get it to the top. And one of the prizes was a, this stuffed Charmander. And Charmander is my absolute favorite Pokemon and like one of my absolute favorite animated characters ever. So there was this guy who at one of the water gun things and th- one of the prizes was like this nice big stuffed Charmander. And I said to him, how many times do I have to win to get that Charmander? And he said four. And there was no one there. <gasps> Two dollars per person per per game. That's and I looked at Sam. Charmander. <laughs> and I looked at him. I looked at at Sam, and I was like, "If I pay you to play this game with me, <laughs> will you play?" And she was like, "Absolutely," because um, she's great. So we <laughs> we played quote unquote four times, and I got my Charmander. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Show me the big boy. Here he is. Ah, okay. Oh, he's so cute. I love him so much he's so cute and so perfect the only thing which i didn't know is that he's not soft he is fully like he's tough like, yeah the way you're holding him he looks he's like, thick he's, he's not he's thick like he's not <laughs> i think he's more like a charmander statue than a charmander plush but make a small incision and then remove some stuffing it's like i, I, I can't even tell if it's stuffing in there it almost feels like it's foam 
that's in there. Like it's so <laughs> like it's not. I'm hugging it, and you can see that it's not. It's not squishing. That you cut him open, and he's just made of PVC pipes on the inside, and there's nothing you can't. Nothing you can. Do. You gotta stitch him back up. Nothing we can do. <laughs> um, should we? Do you want to get started? Um, sure. Uh, <laughs> anything else to add? I don't know. I had camp. Um, we filmed Scary School. Um, scary school and you had two very important I have roles. two roles i play both a counselor hugging a camper goodbye as their mother picks them up and a mother dropping off a different camper so <laughs> in the universe of scary school 2 the movie musical i <laughs> i play oh, a working God. mother who drops off her daughter at the in the morning and then in the afternoon becomes a counselor <laughs> Oh my god. During pickup. Let's get started talking about numerology. Let's get started. I would love okay. to do that. All right. So, numerology is very similar to astrology in a lot of ways, but cool. instead of using the stars and other celestial bodies to find meaning and what's the word? And you uh, offer a personal and, and knowledge and insight of the future yada yada you use numbers and numerology is it's the idea that the universe is a system and once broken down everything is left with basic elements that are numbers so okay yeah and by understanding that everything in the world is depending on and can equate to numbers cool. you find meaning in numerology basically for people, there are very specific numbers. Well, actually, there are many different specific numbers, but there are three important ones. But I think everything in the world, like, if you think about it, if you, like, look at the world through, like, beautiful mind eyes, like, everything can be measured. Everything has, like, weight. Everything has different, num- like, numerical values that can be assigned to it. Uh, okay. And numerology, like, basically takes those numbers and gives them meaning. The earliest written record of numerology uh, is said to come from Egypt and Babylon, uh, but there's also evidence that points to Rome, China, Greece, and Japan thousands of years ago. But modern day numerology, or at least the way it works, is credited to Greek philosopher Pythagoras, our boy. Yes, the same guy as the Pythagorean theorem. Same guy. Same guy. Wow. Same guy. Doing Um, the most. Doing the most. He didn't invent numerology, but he has a couple of theories and systems that took it to a whole new level. And he is the one who created this thing called the Pythagorean alphabet, I believe. And that is basically, it assigns a number to every letter of the alphabet, essentially. And it basically goes like, um, of the sing of the single digits, single digits are the most important numbers. A is one, B is two, C is three, D is four, E is five, G is six, I is seven, eight is H is eight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it goes yeah. The, the A through A through I is the first line, and those are all one through nine. And then it starts over with J being one, and then it continues. So right. it, it's. Yeah, if you can picture it that way. It's like all 26 letters are assigned a digit, one through nine. They're all single digits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just They're all repeats. single digits. Yeah, just so repeats. that's cool. Yeah. To a, his, so he came up with that alphabet. Although it's a very simple thing. I feel like I could have done it. No offense, Pythagoras. 
Uh, and fun fact, in the time of Pythagoras, um, mathematical concepts were considered comparatively practical. Where, where we think of now, you think of like, what are the most easy sciences to understand? You think of like geology, you think of biology, you think of things in the natural world that we can just see with our eyes and understand. But if you think about it, in order to understand those things, we need like scientific equipment to be able to analyze like particles and cells and things that are really, really tiny. Um, and back in those days, they didn't have any scientific equipment. So the only like thing you could concretely know about is numbers. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So back then and during the time of that, like math was the science that was like Easy to for, understand. So more people knew about math back then, I think, is what they're trying to say. The name numerology was coined by Dr. Julian Stenton. At, according to numerology.com, he gave it the modern recognition and awareness that it has today, but I couldn't find really any more information on him. But anyway, Julian well, Stenton thank you for your coined service. the name. <laughs> and, all right, so let's get into how it works. Numerology is quite complicated, and you can have a very detailed reading done by a quote-unquote master numerologist um <laughs> which i am now no, um, <laughs> master numerologist jane bertelson yes because there's many many ways you could find specific numbers from your life but i think there are three basic numbers that are the most important ones in your um numerological reading and those three are your life path number your expression number and your soul urge number. Whoa, these all have really intense names. Yes. Now, I it's not exactly like this, but I think it's very similar to how your life path number is like your zodiac sign. Okay. Your, okay, your, okay. Yeah. Your expression number is like your rising sign and your okay. soul urge number is like your moon sign, I think. Okay. All right. I see this. So your life path number is the most important one, and it reveals your most fulfilling life direction and the major lessons you're here to learn. So it's basically like what your life's about. Your life path number highlights the specific challenges you'll encounter in your life and your unique personality traits. Cool. And your life path number is calculated using the numbers in your date of birth. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'll get back to that. Your expression okay. number uh, highlights your natural talents and abilities, those known and unknown. Uh, it's also known as your destiny number because it reveals your potential. And that one is calculated using the letters of your full birth name. Okay. So you use the Pythagorean alphabet to assign every letter in your name a single digit. And oh, then those wow. digits are used to calculate it. Okay. And then your soul urge number represents the inner you. It exposes the hidden motivations, deepest cravings and urges, and reveals true intentions behind your actions and decisions. And this is the what number? Your soul urge number. Soul urge. Okay. I want soul everyone urge. to see my soul urge self. <laughs> yeah. That one I think is like your moon kind of. That like yeah. I said before. And that one is calculated the same way as your expression number is but instead of using your full birth name uh you use only the vowels in your soul in your full birth name okay 
Um, and that is because I like this reasoning. It's you get to this whole thing. I'm like, this is just someone being like, oh, you know, be cool. The, okay, so the reasoning behind only using the vowels is that consonants are pronounced with sharp edges and have definitive beginning and ends, and they represent your public personality and traits you outwardly share with the world, whereas vowel, vowels are pronounced with free-flowing breath and have softer edges, and they represent the true tender and often hidden you. Whoa, <laughs> that's intense. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's really unpacking it there. Yeah. So, Sarah Bedwell. Oh, boy. I took the liberty of thank God (laughs) of finding your life path expression and soul urge numbers. Thank you for doing that because this sounds like a lot of work. (laughs) Yeah. And guess the heck what? Do we have the same number? Not only do we have the same life path number, we have the same expression number and soul urge number. You're joking. All three of them are the same. <gasps> Jane, that's crazy. What's our number? Okay, well, our life path number is nine. Oh my gosh. And okay, my birthday is on the fourth. Yeah. And yours is on the 22nd. Right. Two plus two equals four. four. Oh my gosh! Yeah. So how the math? But aren't there other factors? I guess. Oh, because we're both eight and we're both ninety-five. Oh my gosh! I totally understand. Okay. All right. I'm with you. Whoa, that's crazy. I I'm gonna break down the math a little bit. So basically, your life path number is you write out all of the numbers of your date of birth. Like mine, for instance, eight for 1995 you could put the zeros in there if you wanted but you know zero adding zero to anything doesn't do anything and then you add all of those numbers together now i've been told if you are born in november or december it works a little differently because those are double digit months but don't Uh, you just add those two digits together then i think eventually but like basically you you have your month total your day total your year total but i i really think it doesn't matter when it comes but there the w- website specified like if it's november keep the 11 there until later but eventually okay. it's all going to get added later so i don't think there's any you know back to my like elementary school math reasoning like adding is adding it doesn't matter when you do it if you're only adding unless you know. there are some parentheses there but that only really uh, really matters if you're multiplying yeah exactly no, if you're only okay. adding that's like right a plus okay. b equals b plus a we know these things um, I can't we passed middle school math <laughs> i know uh but you add all those numbers together and then you'll get most likely a double digit number okay and then you just add those two numbers, those two digits together. Cool. So, so you then, keep, yeah, you yeah. keep adding all the digits together until you get a single digit number. Right. So our life path number is nine. Um, wow. which wait, I was, wait, wait, wait. I have a question. Yes. It would, however, would it make a difference if I'm going to do it with mine? If we added 8 plus 2 plus 2 plus 9 plus 5 versus 8 plus 22 plus 95. Is it 1995 or 95? It's 1995. You you use the... 19. So it's the same. It's That math does add up to be the same if it's 1 plus 9 plus 9 plus 5. Or if we add all those numbers together, get a number in the thousands. It's still 9. Yeah. Well, you for you, it would be... 8 plus 2 plus 2 plus 1 plus 9 plus 9 plus 5. And then that gives you a number. 
Okay. And then you add those. I wrote, where's my notebook? I literally wrote it all out in my notebook. But no, I did, yeah, yeah. because I see what your question is, I did test to see if it would be different if you waited until, if you waited until later, like if you added 22 instead of 2 plus 2. Yeah. Uh, and it was still oh, it's still a, It's still 9. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's still I 9. Just, I, I just did it on my calculator. It is still 9. Juicy. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, I love And that. then, yeah. Our, your expression number is the same way except I, I kind of explained it before, but you use the Pythagorean al- alphabet to get the to assign a letter to every number in your full birth name. Now they specify that it's your birth name and there's a reason for this. It represents the inheritance of your personal history up until the moment of your birth. Oh, interesting. So they recognize that your name could be changed, but at the time of your birth, like that's like uh, but all the things in the universe coming together to create the person that you are. I do think numerology.com could have a couple of updates. Like I think they could use better wording there. Um, right. And I, I was also like annoyed because they ask, like, they just, they ask your gender very early on and there's only two options. There's only male or female. And then they assume, right. they assume you're straight. Like in, my reading, which actually I did a reading for myself because you can just put your th- information to numerology.com and it will give you a reading. And then I put your information and it gave me the exact same reading because we have all the same numbers. Um, That's super funny. <laughs> which I feel like there are parts of it that apply to you and parts of it that apply to me. Right. <laughs> but for both of them, because our reading was exactly the same, they were like, they talked about the man will find someday. And like, <laughs> right. Yeah. So they, they just assumed we were both straight. Well, I mean, yeah. it assumed we were the same Numerology, person. Update your stuff. Come on. Yeah. It's 2019. Come on. Um, 15th anniversary of pride. Do better. Exactly. Um, Gay people like numbers too. Um, but your name at birth is said to be the quote unquote blueprint of your potential. Now, your expression number and my expression number is also nine. Thank you very much. <laughs> Round of applause. Wow. Can pour one out for the number nine. Number nine, doing the most. Nine's a cool number. I am into and, the number nine. And then the soul urge number calculated same way as the expression number, but again, only using the vowels. Uh, your heart's desire number. Our number is five, everyone. Thank you. Yay. One, two, three, four, five. That's weird, that it, that's weird that our numbers are nine, nine, five because we're <gasps> nine, nine, five. I didn't think about that. That's really <gasps> weird. <laughs> are you it okay? all fits together. It all up. We need to find a friend that was born in 94 and figure out if theirs are nine, nine, four. That would be wild. <laughs> That would just be crazy. <laughs> no, I don't think that's how the math would work. But that is that is weird. Whoa. Yeah. Um. So I got sort of a quick and dirty explanation of like what the <laughs> meanings of each of the digits. Dirty. Jane. Dirty. Um. Anyway, the number one is the primal force number. It's the number of creation. Oh, all of them are like, <laughs> I feel like they're all just implied, like not implied, but you could be like, oh, because it's the first one. It's the primal force. Anyway, right. um, number two um, is the all knowing number. They're the peacekeeper. And if one is masculine, two is feminine, which I hate. This is <laughs> I was like, hey, <laughs> well, no, here's the thing that I actually do understand. So that's a huge thing in tarot readings, too, is that um, in the major arcana, there is. There are many cards that come in pairs. For example, the magician and the high priestess come together. 
um, and magician is one and high priestess is two. And part of that is because it's it's more about energy, at least in tarot readings. It's more about energy than it is about, you know, that this what card is a boy and this card is a girl. It's like when you draw the magician, if you if that's the card that you need, that means you need to draw on masculine forces, which is, yes, very stereotyped, but still like there is they're called they're talking about the bio biological masculine forces that all women do have and it's the same thing with if you draw the high priestess it's calling on your femininity so if you're a man who gets the high priestess they're asking you to to work on intuition and sensitivity and Mm -hmm. things that females have evolved to to be better at essentially okay so that might be what it has to do with but it's again it's like everything within a lot of Within tarot, especially, but I'm sure it exists in other, you know, mystical things. It's like a lot about balance, you know, where there is one masculine power, there is a feminine power that accompanies it. And that pattern appears a lot, I know, in tarot, but I'm sure it appears in other places, other mystical, you know, symbols too, including numerology. And again, I feel like I'm just saying with these, but I feel like in my head, each number is kind of like a different zodiac sign. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, I'm just that. using astrology to understand this for myself. Cool. Yeah, um, all right. So number three represents the creative child. <laughs> Numerology.com said it's quote a gifted teenager who is still under the protection of their parents. Like it's someone who's very expressive, mm-hmm. but like not great at responsibility. <laughs> I feel like it's like the Aries. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, exactly. That's super funny. Totally. Uh, yeah. Number four is. The salt of the earth, masculine, strength, stability. I feel like that, like, in my head, that's Taurus. Which, like, I feel like, is, does Taurus come right after Aries? This is it all does. following. Taurus comes uh, right after Aries, yeah. And yeah. before Aries is, is Pisces before Aries? Yeah. Wait, 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 this is crazy. Because before Aries is Pisces, which is two fish. <gasps> and before, and before... <laughs> Pisces is Aquarius, which is considered like like new begin like one new beginning. Whoa, that's ah! crazy. And it's like the first month of the year. Whoa. Okay. All right. All right. Is We're Leo crazy. is Leo the ninth one or is it the eighth? Pisces is two. Aries is three. Taurus is four. Gemini is five. Cancer is six. Leo is, is seven. seven. Okay. Seven. Okay. All right, dang, dang it. I was hoping it'd be nine and then it would like all come together. <laughs> all come together. No, no, no. Um, five is the dynamic force. It's like the it's the number that's in right in the center of all the digits. So it could kind of like go any way. Um, it's very dynamic, energetic, and unpredictable. And again, Gemini's, that's our, yeah. <laughs> that's our that's our soul urge number. So whoa, 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 whoa. We're, oh, we're we, un- unpredictable souls. <laughs> unpredictable souls. Um number I six. Love that. <laughs> Number six is the caretaker. Uh, it's harmonious, Aww. loving, caring nature. Ah. Number seven okay. is the seeker, not in Quidditch. The thinker, <laughs> the searcher. <laughs> <laughs> the searcher of truth with a capital T. So it's like someone who's always looking for knowledge. So Harry Potter. Harry Potter was his number was seven. That's how he became the seeker for the Gryffindor Quidditch team. He was born in July, the seventh month. Um, he was. He was. That's very true. Eight is balance and power. Now, this one I wrote. <laughs> all Slytherins want to be eight. Um, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. We're they they literally specifically numerology.com specifically said that oftentimes they will give readings to people and 
clients who are really big on business, career, and finance all like will request new readings because they want eight in their chart. It's the one about power and balance. Like interesting. Like being in charge if you're if you have eight in your in your chart. Yeah. So number nine is the number of global awareness. Um, it has many similarities to the number six, which makes sense because it's, you know, six upside down, but, um, I was going to say that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but six is like, it's like paternal love. Like you're very loving to the people who are immediately around you. Like you're, it's a like love towards specific people. Whereas number nine is like, you think more big picture and it's like, you're concerned about the whole (laughs) world or like oh i like that they both are like good in good ways because i think maybe nine like well they're thinking big picture might not be as good for specific care i don't know now maybe it's because both of our um life path numbers and expression numbers are nine but i I wrote down this cool fact about nine so nine is like particularly seven eight nine (laughs) what (laughs) why was six afraid of seven seven eight nine seven eight nine <laughs> is that your fun fact well, about nine okay oh no, that's been eaten by seven so um, it was eaten by seven it was devoured <laughs> we're in danger um no but when you multiply any number by nine then the resulting digits when added together go back to nine yeah isn't that nuts that is specifically related to the number nine. And uh, numerologists say that there's nothing coincidental about this peculiarity. Um, any number, no matter how large, multiplied by nine reduces to the number nine. And that just, from a numerological perspective, nine simply takes over. <laughs> like the infamous body snatchers. What? <laughs> I know. Any number that was initially increased by a factor of nine loses its own identity and instead takes on the characteristics of the nine. No other number has that quality. So nine is very overarching. Wow, it's a powerful number. Very powerful number. So the fact that's that super cool. Yeah, two of our numbers are nine is exciting. I knew that all of its multiples also added to nine, but I never thought about that. Is that like when you're like by having a nine enter the equation, it's like you're like, it, everything becomes about nine. Yeah. You know, exactly. That's super interesting. Like I said before, I took the liberty of putting all your information, <laughs> just, just your, your full birth name and your birthday. Like I didn't, I, I, I might've given them your credit card information and your oh, security <laughs> number. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> just your full birth name and your life. <laughs> and it okay, gave you good. a reading and I wrote it down. Um, and here it is. Is this the it's same also, reading you got? Yeah, word for okay. word. <laughs> okay, great, great. This is our reading. Yeah, okay. So your life path number is nine. This tells me a lot about you, Sarah. Oh. <laughs> you are an old soul. You are wise beyond your years and possess deep intelligence, intuition, and psychic ability. You have a, <laughs> you have a great <laughs> sense of knowingness and tend to predict things before they happen. You're highly sensitive and feel a wide range of emotions. And that's because, as a nine, you embody the vibrations of all the other numbers. You experience the greatest extremes of happiness and sorrow, yet you always bounce back and move on quickly. You seek knowledge and growth and have a strong sense of mission in life. People are naturally drawn to your warm and welcoming nature. You're often accused of being a bit of a daydreamer, but that's because your creativity and wild imagination never ceases. 
when you are dedicated to your goals, you exhibit a strong sense of character. Keep strong to your convictions and you will successfully execute your life path potential. Next, look, let's look at your expression. Wow. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I agree ex- with what you said that some of that applies to you and some and of that some, applies to yeah. me. Yeah. Um, your expression number is nine. And after getting to know you a bit better, it's really no surprise. Again, you were never there. <laughs> no, I was never there. And it's like, get to know you a bit better. Which one is this? My my name? Like, <laughs> your name. yeah. Um, now that I know your name, now that I can look you up in a phone book. <laughs> <laughs> um, nine is the number of quiet power. You're oh. independent, compassionate, and highly sensitive. While you have strong... <laughs> I'm so sensitive. Sorry. <laughs> don't, ever hurt, don't, don't ever hurt my feelings. I'm so fragile. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> Them saying that made me feel sensitive. <laughs> while, you have, while you have strong emotions, you have more resilience and tolerance than most. So it's like, which is it? Okay. Am I sensitive or am I? I get what they're saying, though. Um, You see disappointment as opportunity and challenge as adventure. And because of this, you're always progressing and expanding. Your greatest gift is your ability to recover quickly from setbacks. Your get up and try again attitude is the key to your success. So keep it up. You <laughs> Thank you for this pep talk. I love it. You're welcome. You've probably found that failure only knocks at your door when you focus too much time and energy on obtaining material wealth and power. Wow, I'm getting way too emotional. <laughs> it seems like you're giving a speech. Like <laughs> you're running for president and this is like <laughs> This is the problem with America. (laughs) (laughs) Too much focus on obtaining money. (laughs) Vote for Bernie. (laughs) No capitalism. (laughs) And this does sound like a Bernie speech. Anyway, (laughs) he consulted numerologists. Yeah, you focus too much on on obtaining material wealth and power. And that's because you're more spiritually evolved than most. You believe that winning is about coming out right rather than coming out on top. Oh, my God. This is (laughs) that was a read. (laughs) That one I was like, oh, okay, that's true. (laughs) That's so true. I do that all the time. I'm like, I don't care if I won. I know that I'm right. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Oh, I took that as like, as long as I have the moral high ground, I don't care if I technically won. Yeah, but I mean, like, you know, okay, you know how, like, sometimes you're in an argument with a person and that person will not let up. So you have to let the argument go and they uh, take. Yep, yep. See, I took it as, like, well, I was the bigger person. You might have. You like, can also won, take it as but... to see Hufflepuff versus Ravenclaw. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I played nicer. So, like, I was, I, I had better sportsmanship. So that's, that's true. That's also, go. that's also very important. I would rather play, play nicer than play better. You have a rare gift of unmatched compassion and wisdom. Hufflepuff and Ravenclaw. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is like number nine. Pairs well with Hufflepuff and Ravenclaw. Yeah. Uh, continue to cultivate this and challenge your power into helping others. And you'll bring joy and success into the lives of everyone around you, including yourself. So wow. that was your expression number. Cool. And last but not least is your soul urge number, which is the same as mine. As I said. All right, here we go. 
So your soul urge number is five. So whether you know it yet or not, you have multiple talents as a storyteller and can charm the socks off everyone. Thank you. Thank you. We wow, went to school for theater. You. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> I'm so charming, you know. <laughs> You're very charming, Sarah. You're also um, very charming. Thank you. Um, you are fun-loving, adaptable, and full of life. You seek freedom and variety above all else and are constantly trying new things. You have a strong calling to become an entertainer, speaker, or travel guide. Oh. Travel guide would work for you. You'd be a good travel guide. Oh, thank you. That would be uh, fun. You, you would also be a good entertainer or speaker. Yeah, this is a good, this is a go- good soul urge number for you. While your wide range of interests is definitely a great asset, it can make it difficult for you to focus on one thing as you are easily distracted. You don't like to stay in one place or one job for very long and are always wondering, what's next? It's That's said, true. It's said that variety is the spice of life and you like your life very spicy. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh, I want to put that on my, like, I have one of those, like, felt boards where you, like, put in the letters. I'm going <laughs> to variety is the spice of life. <laughs> I'm put that on there. You have a strong dislike for being held down or forced into a mold of any kind, but it's only because it's your soul's urge to experience life to the fullest. Because you're so adaptable, you can often feel scattered, disorganized, or pulled in too many directions. It's not me. It's my soul. <laughs> yeah. Remember to stay grounded and focused on the things that really matter. And there's no doubt that you'll achieve the fun, variety, and experience your soul craves. When it comes to relationships, your intense desire for freedom can make romance difficult. You prefer pleasure and excitement over stability. So you need a partner who shares your spontaneity and sense of adventure. <laughs> I'm I, knew you were gonna, picture. <laughs> I knew, I knew you were going to say sense of adventure. I, I heard it coming. I was like, you heard the words. I know. I can feel it in my soul <laughs> that you were going to say adventure. Adventure. Or else you might avoid commitment altogether, which I don't know if that's true for us. But anyway. Um, no, I don't think that's true. I'm like, I love commitment. I really value commitment. Not just romantic commitment. I do too. Like all types of commitment. Friends commitment. Exactly. When people don't follow, when, even when like coworkers don't follow through on their commitments, like that makes me really angry. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a big commitment person. Um, you're incredibly fun to be around. And make sure there's never a dull moment, both in and out of the bedroom. (laughs) But that's not all I've discovered about you, Sarah. (laughs) Get ready for it, because numerology.com is making a Shrek reference. Sarah, (laughs) like an onion, you have many, many layers. (laughs) Shut the hot door. (laughs) Do you think numerology knows that they made a Shrek reference? I don't know. I hope that they do. I hope they did it on purpose. The funny thing is this reading, like I had to type it furiously quickly because it's read out loud to you by this like pre-recorded man's voice. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I kept almost falling asleep. Whoa. Um, <laughs> wow. I'm sorry that my reading wasn't enthralling. Okay. No, it's just like soothing. And the background of the website is like purple and they play music and there's like this swirly image. So it felt like I was being hypnotized. Gotcha. Okay. After digging in a little deeper into your numerology chart, I can see 
that you have many unique personality traits left to explore. Oh, yada, yada, yada. It, it goes on for a bit trying to convince you to pay the money to give you a more in-depth reading, which this reading oh. is already pretty in-depth. Um, I'm not you anything. I'll have Jane yeah. speculate wildly. Yeah, here we are speculating wildly. <laughs> but it goes on to say, Sarah, I get the sense that you are somewhat unpredictable and a bit of a nonconformist. Things that normally please other women simply don't excite you. Which is like, wow, not all. <laughs> you're not like other girls. Um... <laughs> Although this this so next funny. part, this next I'm, part was I'm such a regular read. mom. I'm a cool mom. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> okay this next part was such a read and i on both of us i was like this is so true about sarah and i okay great. um you're you're not okay not this part but the next part like not this next sentence but the sentence after yeah yeah you're non-compromising and refuse to settle because you're a beautiful woman, even if you don't always feel that way. You're often, you often attract guys who are only into your looks. That's, uh, okay, numerology.com. Get out of here. Um, but this next part. Um, we're, we're both hot. We're both hot. <laughs> this can be frustrating because you are incredibly smart and have a deep soul. You tend to be a perfectionist and a bit competitive in the workplace. Um, <laughs> oh, the part that was such a read is coming up. I thought it was now, but it's at the end of this paragraph. Um, you're self-expressive, have a strong purpose, and are not afraid to go out and get what you want. I get the sense that you used to be or are currently in a position traditionally held by a man. I see you dressed to the nines and accomplishing everything you set your mind to. I mean, you have not a- right now, but I want to be. I know. Um, you have a confidence that few have. Not to say that you're aggressive or forceful, but you aren't afraid to take risks. This makes you quite entrepreneurial and far from domestic by the traditional definition. Although you do take pride in your home and are incredibly giving and caring individual. I get the feeling that you will get married and have children, but that may be down the road a bit because you have other exciting things to accomplish in your life right now. (gasps) That's what the psychic told me. I know. That's so weird. Yeah. Have we talked about the psychic on the podcast? I don't think we have. I don't think we have. Jane and I saw a psychic and she told me in a few weeks shy of a year, I'm going to meet my eternal flame. And that this September, Jane is going to start dating for quite a while a Sagittarius. I know. But she told me me I'm going to wait to have kids with my eternal flame because I'm going to put priority on my career, which is exactly what they just said. Anyway. Yeah. This upcoming reading I felt was like a combination of yours and mine of what that lady said. Um, Because it did say that... um, here, I'll get there. When you do decide to get married, you won't be one to simply sit around. Even if you marry a millionaire, you'll always have your own projects and goals to work on. And that's because you have a curious and investigative mind that needs to be challenged. Whoa. I like I that. See, yeah, yeah. I see you as very intuitive, perceptive, and animated. Someone who has excellent communica- communication skills and a diplomatic nature. I sense that while you have been quite successful thus far in life, you've struggled a bit in the relationship department. Here we go. This is the part that was the read. Oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. (laughs) However, this has more to do with the fact that you are incredibly selective and hold men to high standards. (laughs) I'm sorry, but we should hold men to high standards. That's my point. They're like, we should. It has less to do with any sort of curse on your part. 
While you can be a bit stubborn and hard to satisfy, you're in no way smug or vain. In fact, because of your rare and powerful energy, any man who is jealous, lacking in confidence, or controlling doesn't stand much of a chance. But that sounds normal to me. Like, why should we let men behave poorly? No, we can't. Oh, my gosh. Okay, if you are not a number nine, if you look up your number and you're not a number nine, you, too, should also oh, make sure that five. you this are. Whole- our- oh, this is five. Well, Sorry, this is five. This might be all of it combined. Because it's like the end reading. Maybe. Anyway, anyway. Whatever. You, everybody should hold men or <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to assume that. I don't want to assume anything about anybody, but you know, like even if you are a man dating a man or a woman yeah. dating a man or a woman dating a woman, hold your partner to a high standard, you, you know, think? like hold them to a high standard. You anyway. <laughs> no, I'm totally, this has been Jane and Sarah's relationship advice. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Hold your yeah. partners to high standards. Um, all right. I get the sense that at some point recently, you have or will be involved in a long-term relationship. Maybe oh two to three years. Whoa. Yeah, where you experience more platonic love rather than the deep, passionate love you desire. This is a guy, again, they just like assume when you put in the a woman that you're looking for a man. But anyway, this is a guy who loves you very much and with whom you feel safe. And while... He will have some sort of effect on your life for years to come. Romantically, it is not meant to be. The man you will fall head over heels for is in your future. I get the sense that you'll meet him late in your 20s or maybe around 30. He will be confident and sensible, just like you. And I feel you'll have much in common. Once you meet him, there will be a strong chemistry or synchronicity. Your life will never be the same again. The best is yet to come. At some point very soon, I sense a new beginning of some sort. You will achieve more in your life in the next couple of years than you've accomplished in the past. <gasps> you will achieve everything you want in life. This has been your numerology reading. Thank you very much. Wow, thank you. The thing that's weirdest about that end bit is that you could enter this at any given point, and these are stock answers. You know, well, like you put in your birth, your date of birth. Oh, that's true. So that's it knows true. how old you are. That's true. That is very, very true. I wonder if you put in your date of birth as like 2007, and what it would say. <laughs> you have much ahead of you. <laughs> Hi, I see that you are 12 years old. Where <laughs> <laughs> are your parents? 12 year olds need some sort of guidance and direction. They really do. So, Sam and I were on the bus yesterday to Coney Island with her cousin and her cousin's girlfriend. And we were talking about the fact that um, me, Sam, and her cousin's girlfriend all work at schools and we all work with students. Um, and the, there's a woman <laughs> sitting on the bus who, like, jumped into our conversation tell us her sister is a teacher and about all the crazy stuff her teacher goes through and how terrible the schooling system is right now and about how like kids are getting worse anyway it was this whole thing and part of what i what she said i agree with and part of it i didn't but one thing she did say was that she was like they should be teaching your birth charts in school like it should be required (laughs) for you to know your birth chart to go to college like this is a radical movement (laughs) however and i don't necessarily agree i don't think you should be able to read your birth chart because some people if you don't believe in it it's not going to serve you you know like you can't force people to believe in it because then that's not really believe okay anyway you can't force people into it but (laughs) i was like honestly middle schoolers could use their birth chart i think it'll help them (laughs) i think it'll give them some sort of direction because they're just so lost and they're so confused and I, I just want to help them. I'm like, go look at your horoscope. See if that gives you some direction for the day. Like, I don't know how else to help there, you. Yeah. 
there have been times that like a little kid has told me their birthday and I've been, ah, yep, that makes sense. Oh my Um, gosh. Co-star, speaking of, just gave me my notification and it said, try to leap before looking. That's not safe advice. No, that's not safe. That's not safe in many contexts. No, in no context. Don't recommend. Do not recommend. All right. Thank you so much, Jane. That was super interesting. I'm glad I know now. Sorry it took so long. I thought it would not. All right. Shall we jump into some Reddit? Sure. What's your, what did you find on Reddit this week, Sarah? So on r slash no stupid questions, someone asked, um, I'm assuming that they're not American. um, Do policemen in America really need to fulfill some kind of quota? Have you ever heard about this before saying like, oh, the cop has to fill his quota? So I was interested in this because this is definitely something I've learned before. Because at one point when I was first learning to drive, my mom said to me, you need to make sure that you're driving carefully towards the end of the month because that's when cops are going to (gasps) be out doing all their speeding tickets because you're going to they're trying to fill a quota and when I got my speeding ticket it was the end of the month but I I was interested in this question so quotas in America at police forces are illegal there is a law against the fact that they can't have quotas however it is very much a thing that many places still do and in some cities it's a huge problem um people who have left police forces have like admitted that there was an unspoken 20-1 rule which means 20 <gasps> tickets and one arrest a month oh so there's like one interview changes geographically like is that the same thing in small towns as it is in cities i don't know there's some the someone one of the responses was an article from npr in New York City, he was a cop in New York City, New York and he City. left. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he left because um, it was like this really tough situation where he felt like he wasn't quote unquote cutting it because he wasn't giving enough tickets mm. and enough. And so he felt like it was no longer about safety, and it was about you know hitting quotas. Some precincts will cover this up by being like it's a productivity review. Which is such a lie. But, like, they're getting away with this, essentially. Like, they'll be like, it's not a quota. It's just us, like, making sure that we're keeping... It's a productivity goal um, to make sure that we're keeping up. Keeping Arresting up. people, though, and giving tickets, I feel like, is not a measure of productivity. But, That's so, oh, so to go back to your question about smaller towns. So, in the city, it's definitely about, like, let's do as much as we can to make it look like we're, like, really helping. You know, in smaller towns, speeding tickets is a lot of how the town makes money. So because you think about it like that money, it's government money. Yeah. So apparently one person said like in smaller towns, speeding tickets, like the fines will be heavier, which is what happened to me where I got my speeding ticket was in like way, way west New York. And it was a town of like a thousand people. They issue a lot of um, speeding tickets because like that's a big that's a big way that they make their money because the highway goes through their town. That's a big thing. So that's what I just wanted. That's what I wanted to talk about just to make people aware like quotas are legal, but they are absolutely still happening. That yeah. Is- that is, if we wanted another thing to be frustrated with the police about. So that is everything about the police force. And okay, I just wanted, I just wanted to make people aware that this is illegal. Um, all right, are you ready to, are you ready to learn about the appendix? <laughs> I totally forgot this. It was the topic I gave you until like this morning. One. I was like, oh right, but I, I was wondering. Yeah. Okay. So, um, I'm gonna start with a very short anecdote about appendicitis. Ooh. So. You might know this story, but pretend you don't. 
Um, our freshman year of college, one Wednesday night, I'd say it's in the first sem- it's in the first semester of college. Um, of I- your first semester of college? Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's a personal anecdote. I understand. It's a personal anecdote. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I came, came back to my dorm room. Um, <laughs> and at about nine thirty, I was sitting in bed, and I realized that I was going to have to vomit. And I get out of bed, and I get mm-hmm. out of the door of my dorm, and I vomit everywhere. So our friend Jenna was there because I lived with her our freshman year, and she called nice. EMS, and I just like plopped down in front of our dorm because I was like, I cannot get up. And EMS showed up. And of course, because it's a college, they're like, have you had anything to drink? And I'm like, no, it's a Wednesday <laughs> night at, at 9.45. I've not had anything to drink. They like, don't believe me. They're like, okay, we're going to take you to urgent care because they close at 10.30 or whatever. And I was like, okay. Yeah. Um, and they do, they take my temperature or whatever. They do a, and they decide that they're going to do a blood test. And I tell them, <laughs> okay. If you're going to do a blood test, you should know that I have a blood deficiency, which for some Mm. reason they found very comical. They were like, because I was like lying there, like, you know, (laughs) like very tired. You know how sometimes you vomit and you just feel exhausted? That's how I felt. Yeah. Like tired, like kind of like seeing stars a little bit. And I was like, you should know as they're like pulling my arm to take blood. I was like, you should know that I have a blood deficiency. And they like started laughing because they were like, it's just funny that like you're like about you're a to doctor. And remember how to say, and you know, to say it's a blood deficiency. I was like, what do you mean? It's funny that I know how to do that. I'm like literally 18. Like I was like, I'm trying to be responsible. I was so mad. I was like trying to be like an adult, you know, handle this by myself. And so they like find this funny. This So I can tell right off the bat, they're not taking me seriously. They take a blood test. They give me some medicine and they're like, okay. I think that she might have appendicitis. And I'm like, what? I have a test tomorrow. I cannot get my appendix out right now. Of course (laughs) you think of that first. You're such a Ravenclaw. But it wasn't even that. I was like, it's a Wednesday. It's the middle of the week. Like, we have (laughs) three weeks of the semester. I I can't. I hate to tell you, Sarah. Your appendix doesn't know what day of the week it is. (laughs) But they were like, you need to go to the hospital because we're closing. And I was like, what? <laughs> they put me back in the EMS car and they take me to the closest hospital. We get there and <laughs> we walk in and I'm literally like, I just don't feel good. Like, I just want to lay down. And I look at them and I, <laughs> they go, Why are you here? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just like, I'm like in tears. I'm like, The urgent care told me I have appendicitis. <laughs> And then the doctor's looking at me like, uh, all right, we'll put you in a bed. <laughs> like, all right, team's legit. <laughs> you know, so I would like to everyone to know this is my first time going to the hospital ever as a patient. <laughs> so they put me in a bed. Like half an hour goes by. They have an they put me an IV in me, and the nurse does a terrible job. So I'm very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And this doctor comes in and he looks at me and he goes, so urgent care told you you have appendicitis. And I'm like, yes. And I'm like crying. And he's like, let me ask you something. Do you have any abdominal pain? I was like, no. And he goes, what did you do? I was like, I just vomited. I was like, and I feel <laughs> very dizzy. And he goes, okay, anything else? And I was like, nope, just the vomit. And I just feel really dizzy. And he goes, okay. he's like I'm gonna be real with you I don't think you have appendicitis but we we can do an MRI just in case just to make sure there's nothing wrong with you because you said you feel dizzy and uh, and you vomited 
And I was like, yes. And he goes, do you vomit often? I was like, no, I, I like never vomit. And he was like, all right, well, we'll do an MRI just in case. And to do an MRI, you have to drink this disgusting medicine that they dilute yeah. into water. You drink two cups of it. And that in itself took me two hours because it was so <laughs> so it's already It's already 1230. And then you have to wait three more hours for that to work. So I have an IV in me, poorly done. And I've just drank two cups of the most disgusting stuff ever. And I'm now allowed to get three hours of sleep. Oh so my I, I go to sleep. <laughs> and they wake me up at 3.30 for my MRI. And then they roll me back. And two and a half more hours go by of me going in and out of sleep. And just like so dizzy and so upset before. And at 5.30, they come in and they say, you don't have appendicitis. You are just dehydrated. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) They literally are like, this is a two liter IV bag of fluids. You're going to stay here until it's gone. So it's 5.30 in the morning. I'm now done. I'm now like, I don't even not want to be in this hospital. I don't want to be in this town anymore. (laughs) So I call my mom and I was like, come get me. I live like I I I grew up like an hour and a half away, you know, so it's not like an unreasonable drive. And I'm like in tears and I was like, I don't want to be anywhere near this place right now. <laughs> and I was like, I just want to come home. And because it was now it was now Thursday. And you know, I now had a hospital note to give to my teachers to corroborate <laughs> my story. Corroborate my story. So I was like, come get me. So my mom, like a hero, I at like 8.30, the bag of fluids was empty and my mom showed up at like nine, like a hero. See? And she took me, she took me home. <laughs> I was like, I can't believe that <laughs> these people were like, you have appendicitis. And I had to get an MRI, which costs so much money for them to be like, you are dehydrated. So yeah. <laughs> That was my first hospital visit. That's my anecdote about that appendicitis. That sounds like traumatizing. It like really was. Like I, the most traumatizing part was how poorly that woman put the IV in my arm. Ugh. When I think about it, I can still feel how uncomfortable it was. So that's my story about the time I did not have appendicitis. <laughs> so anyway, appendixes. The appendix is a four inch long tube that sits in your lower right abdomen between the large and small intestines. The appendix. Is, it's a little tube. The appendix is most famous for the fact that it become that it can become inflamed and infected, and it can also rupture, which can lead to infection spreading throughout your entire body. And this is called appendicitis. And when this happens, you have to have an appendectomy, which is the uh, re- the removal of the appendix. Men are 8.6% likely to contract appendicitis and women 6.7%. Cool. I evaded the 6.7%. <laughs> um Women don't have many things that they have over men, but we're 2% less likely to get appendicitis. So thank God. Great. Thank you, God, for doing that. Um, I used to be super afraid of appendicitis. And I think now I'm definitely afraid of appendicitis because I thought I had it. Um, but I used to be so <laughs> afraid of getting appendicitis. And I used to think it was so dire. Because do you remember the book Madeline? Yes. Madeline in the book gets appendicitis so i used to be super afraid of that because that happens in the book and then when they made it into like a television show that's one of the episodes and i had such a vivid memory of this because she's like three when she gets her appendix removed or something like that she's like really little um and so i used to be really afraid of this because i was like this is a traumatic thing that happened to madeline i love madeline <laughs> i feel like it happened in a lot of tv shows too like it just i like mean Grey's anatomy that they like they do an appendectomy like 
every five minutes, you know? Yeah. <laughs> the, in the first like, season. I have an all- easy day. I have an appendectomy to do. Yeah, like the first season when they're interns, they're all scrambling to do appendectomies because it's like considered a routine procedure kind of. Yeah. Uh, some people get their appendix removed as a precaution. So there are more appendectomies every year than there are cases of appendicitis. Some people are like, let's just get rid of it so that I can't get appendicitis. Oh. You get appendicitis if the appendix isn't there. So for a long time, the appendix was considered a vestigial organ. Do you know what that means? No. It means it's a part of the body that no longer serves a function. Like, we, oh. just, we, we don't need it anymore. It was considered that. Any long. other of those? Yes, and I will tell you what they are later. Oh, great. great, great. Um, so, two studies at Duke University and Midwestern University Arizona College found evidence that your appendix is necessary. That it, like, we actually do need it. Um, they found that your appendix is a house for good bacteria that your body needs. And that's why we still have it. So we're good, but we're going to go back in time a little bit. Charles Darwin originally theorized that in humans <laughs> and other primates, the appendix was part of a larger structure called the cecum, which was used by now extinct ancestors for digesting food. So he thought it was just left over from evolution. And then Dr. William Parker, assistant professor of surgical sciences at Duke, said that according to his recent findings after this study about the appendix, um, quote, we also figure that the appendix has been around for at least 80 million years, much longer than we would estimate if Darwin's ideas about the appendix were correct. So the appendix is a lot older than Darwin thought. Um, Parker and colleagues found that the appendix has evolved at least twice among Australian marsupials and another time oh. among rats, lemmings, and other rodents, selected primates, and humans. So humans and primates are not the only family, animal family, that have yeah. the appendix. Um, this, was the, this was the Duke study, which happened first. Uh, this same study also theorizes that the appendix has only appeared obsolete because of modern sanitation systems that have improved our immune system as a whole. So because of this, the appendix is actually weaker than it used to be, which is why appendicitis is relatively common. So mm-hmm. the people at Duke found that not only is the appendix necessary, it is a house for good bacteria, but it has become more obsolete because our entire body has become a safe house for back for good bacteria because oh, okay. we are cleaner than we used to be. Um, Interesting. And over time, the appendix has become weaker because of it's like it's less necessary to the body for like essentially cleansing purposes. Okay. Um, when you mean like, like I'm trying to think of ways that we're cleaner now. Like, what is cavemen? Were we drinking like dirt water and exactly like we drink. Okay. Yeah, like we have plumbing now, you know, we have, we wash our hands mm-hmm. a lot more, like mm-hmm. the, just things like that. We just know more about germs and bacteria and how to keep them away. Okay. That makes sense to me. Yeah. The same study said that there are two major problems with Darwin's theory. <laughs> several living species, including certain lemurs, several rodents, and a type of flying squirrel still have an appendix attached to a large cecum, which is used for digestion. Which, as I said before, Darwin originally thought that the appendix was just a leftover adage of the cecum. Mm. But there are species in which there are two separate things. So that's not true. And Darwin had also thought that appendices appeared in only a small handful of animals, which... 
the people at Duke were like, um, it's it's more than a handful. It's it's like this many. You know, there's there's a group. It's, it's this many, and they just it's stretch like, their arms wide. <laughs> yeah, it's this many. Um, no, it's like it's it's certainly a small group. It's more than a handful. He thought it was just like primates and humans, and they were like, no, they're in marsupials and rodents too. But then Dr. Heather Miller, a queen at Midwestern University, found that this is in 2017. 533 mammal species have an appendix. That's certainly more than a small handful. Scientists believe that the appendix developed developed 30 separate times over the ages, which means that it has to be important because it's not like one thing that a bunch of other species evolved from developed an appendix. 30 separate very different species developed an appendix and then they all evolved from there do Which animals m- get appendicitis i'm sure animals can get appendicitis i don't know what i don't know what happens when they do but i'm sure they can blue just ran to me and i'm like it's okay you don't have you don't have appendicitis blue oh my gosh that poor baby he's he's now afraid he's a he's a he just ran away so he's, he, he's a hypochondriac he once you once he hears something he's like i have that <laughs> He really is. I bet Uh, if he could understand what diseases are, he would think he had all of them. So because the appendix has developed so many times, scientists are like, this is no longer coincidence. The appendix, the appendix has to do something important. Like it wouldn't develop if it wasn't important. They found that species with an appendix have a higher average concentration of lymphoid or immune tissues in the cecum. Um, and this finding suggests that the appendix may play an important role as a secondary immune organ. So it houses good bacteria. They were like, okay, it probably houses some good bacteria. It just keeps it in there for when our system needs cleansed. Like okay. when we get sick. Um, <laughs> this is gross, but they were like, the specific example is like when you have diarrhea, mm-hmm. <laughs> your appendix will release the good bacteria to clean you out after that. Oh, ew. <laughs> Which is super gross. Um, and then they think now that it's an important secondary immune organ. So it helps build up your immunity and keep those lymphoids in there. Um, many doctors believe that as an adult, the function of, a, of an appendix is negligible. So this is still agreed. By the time you're 18 or 20, you probably don't need your appendix anymore. So if I had to have gotten my appendix removed that day, I would have been totally fine. Um, but it is widely believed that as a fetus, your appendix helps your gut form and build up bacteria for gut health. Oh, forget probiotics. We got appendixes. They they think that around 11 to 12 weeks as a fetus, your appendix puts in all of the good bacteria that your gut needs to help you like your stomach function. Um, and then in childhood, they think that the appendix has a type of immune function while your immunity is still building. So because as a child, you're being exposed to a lot of germs all of the time. It's yeah. very yeah, it's very important to help build your immune system. So that's what the appendix is there for to help you to help you with that and help protect your immune system and make sure that it can, you know, your immunity can build up every time that you get sick and you can and your body can be reset after you are sick. Very kids important. are gross. They kids eat things off the floor. They are super gross, and that's why they need their appendix. So we as adults, we can safely get our appendix removed, and it probably would be fine. Okay, but I mean millions of people get their appendix removed every year like it's fine 
Yeah, and they're fine. Like, you really would be okay. And pretty much anyone would be okay. But we can no longer say that it's a vestigial organ. It definitely has some sort of function. Interesting. Especially the big reason that they know this is because of the evolution thing. Like, Mm. we all have stuff for for a reason. That's all about appendixes. I'm going to give you examples of other vestigial organs in humans and in other animals. But we're going to start with humans. Um, Humans have tailbones. Uh, our <gasps> are absorbed into a bone called the coccyx. The coccyx. The coccyx. Cox. Coccyx. Yep. The coccyx. I can't say. I literally can't say it. But yes, that's exactly what it is. As fetuses, so we have tails for a brief moment, <laughs> and then they go into that tailbone. Um, but the tailbone is like irrelevant as a tailbone. It at now it's like an anchor for our muscles, but it no longer serves the function that it was supposed to. So it's considered a vestigial organ. Um, I'm going to save my favorite one for last. Wisdom teeth no longer serve a function. That's why we get oh, was Do we them. have them because we used to eat more raw meat? Probably. Yes, we probably used to have them because of the food we used to eat that we don't eat anymore. Yeah. Foraging. Makes sense. Goosebumps. Goosebumps <gasps> are completely unnecessary. They used to be when we were anim- when we were primates. Um, you know, they were used for survival. They were used to alert us. Um, but now we don't need them. Now yeah. They're just, now, they're, now they're just there for when we're feeling a little spooked <laughs> or excited. But they're like they're completely unnecessary. They're they're just. I fun. never think of them having a function. It's always just like a reaction. When porcupines pine stand up, that's their goosebumps. Oh, <gasps> it's all the same thing. Isn't that nuts? Like animals, they'll have their hair stand up when they're on alert. That's the that same function as goosebumps. My mind. It's the same function as goosebumps. Same thing. To us, it's goosebumps. To them, it's survival. Um. All right. Are you ready for my favorite one? Yes. <laughs> okay. The last one for humans are male nipples. They have no function. <laughs> and I learned this and now it's my favorite fact men have nipples because early on in the womb the gender of a fetus could go ev- anyway yeah. yep. so fetus develop always with nipples and essentially every fetus starts out as female and then eventually testosterone causes mm-hmm. a fetus to develop male organs I think I knew that one but it's still interesting I was like, I can't believe we live in a man's world when all fetuses start as women. <laughs> we really run the world. So that is everything about appendixes and vestigial organs. Okay. Thank you so much. Of course. That had so many cute little fun facts. I know. This one was just fun of cute fun. <laughs> all right. Thank you so much for listening. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at YKWIBW Podcast. You can check out our website, I've been wondering.com, where I post some fun stuff that relate to the episode. And I try to do it on time, but I don't always. And I apologize. <laughs> If you like what you're hearing, you can consider donating to us on Patreon at patreon.com slash podcast. You will get presents for donating, and it would mean a lot to us. So consider doing that. And finally, if you have something that you've been wondering, you can email us at I've been wondering podcast at gmail.com, and we would love to talk about it on our show. So... Next week, we are going to have a special guest with us, 
And I'm going to keep her topic a secret, but it's going to be a fun one, a fun little, a fun little tidbit that I've been wondering about, but I'm going to keep it a secret. A fun little surprise, but Jane and I are still both going to cover something next week. So, Jane, do you know what I've been wondering? What have you been wondering, Sarah? So I was working out this week. Um, I do boxing classes, which I sweat a lot. And whenever I'm done, I'm always, I drink a lot of water during it. But after I'm done, I'm always like, I would like a Gatorade. Because... Oh. But I would like to know more about electrolytes and what they are and why they're apparently good for us when we work out. That's That's what I've been wondering. Interesting. Okay. Or about Gatorade and electrolytes. I'll find out. I'll find out. Sarah, you know what I've been wondering? What have you been wondering? All right. This is a discussion my mother and I have been having all week. Oh my gosh, I'm excited. GMOs, good or bad? <gasps> ooh, two ooh, two well, food sciencey ones. This will be good. Well, not necessarily good or bad, but like harmful or not harmful. Harmful or not harmful. Yeah. Okay, all right. Okay, I'm interested to go into this. This will be a good one. Ooh, a nutrition theme. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> wow, 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 wow. Look at us. That's what all our viewers are hankering for, you know, nutrition. Dying for some nutrition facts. All right. Excellent. We're going to be more thorough than the nutrition facts on the side of food boxes. <laughs> Great. <laughs> all right. Thank you so much for listening. This is You Know What I Have Been Wondering. <laughs>